What's good, y'all? Kush Hayes here, coming to you with just a, a micro disclaimer for this microdose. This is episode 91 of the microdose here on the Bosnet.family. And we got the co host of the Kick Ass Movie Podcast, Len Kabazinski, joining us on the set of his newest movie, Pact of Vengeance, which was filming down in Los Angeles. We actually had the opportunity to go down there, we had the opportunity to actually help out on the film, get, get some more stripes and get some more time in, more experience. More, more everything. Made a lot of great friends down there. Had a blast. It was, it's it's one of those good times that I, I, I'm, I feel privileged to have shared with everybody. Having said that, it's a lot of run and gun. I brought my travel kit, and it's one of those things where, even if I can check the levels, we're, we're getting this or we're not getting this. It's very binary. It's zero or one. And we, we recorded 20 minutes worth of an interview, and, uh, yeah, you're gonna. I just want to let you know the acoustics are a little different than you're normally used to. In fact, I think my microphone was even dead. But uh, no buses, no street traffic, no barking dogs, no slamming doors. It's a good time. So, huge shout out to the crew I was a part of this weekend. Steven, Jenna, Juan, you guys kicked all sorts of fucking ass. And I sincerely appreciate having spent this time with you and being a part of your crew. And uh, let's do more of this sooner than later. Stick around, Microdose 91, Len Kabazinski on the set of Pact of Vengeance, starring Leo Fong, John Micklethor, Petey Avalon, Diamante, I Am So Loco, hit the music in three, and in two, and in... Microdose, yeah! Microdose! Microdose! Microdose, dose, dose! Microdose! What's good, y'all? Cushion Coffee here, microdose number 91, coming to me, co-host of Kick-Ass Movie Podcast. You know him as director, master, Len Kabazinski. Good morning, Len. How are you doing? Kush, thank you so much. I appreciate the time here. Yeah, we're, we're well, we are obviously both on set of uh, Pact of Vengeance, which has been filming in Burbank here, uh, starting, uh, I got in on Wednesday, no filming on Wednesday, just kind of a chill, get get used to things thing. And then we, we uh, filmed here, what, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, this is our last day of shooting, and it's it's done. I mean, aside from some pickups, you know, we'll get along the way or have to shoot, but uh, some cutaways or something like that. But uh, generally speaking, all the photography, the principal stuff is done today. It's the last day of shooting for Pact of Vengeance, starring Leo Fong, Metal God, John Micklethor. We got Diamante from AEW Wrestling along with uh, another AEW uh, uh, worker there, uh, Pretty Peter Avalon, who will be on set later today as well. So, uh, it's been an experience, Kush. No, it's been an experience, man, but it's been a fun experience, and it's been a unique privilege to you and I, we work together nearly a year. This is actually the first time this week that we have been face-to-face. That's right. Man. That's right. What they, is that like to you? Uh, just meeting people that I know but don't know kind yeah. of thing. Uh, you know, I've worked in theater and stuff a long time. I've done a, a few movies at this point, too. Uh, you know, I'm always used to going on a set where I don't know everybody kind of thing mm-hmm. you know it, it's it's not a uh my filmmaking stuff isn't something where you know an average film of mine probably has 30 to 40 different people on set i don't know mo you know i, I know a percentage or i've worked especially like 
smaller roles and stuff. I don't like the term extras. I, I'd, I'd rather just say they're people helping me make a movie, but uh, I'll use the term extra then. But, uh, you know, some of them I know from before and things like that that show up and they're my dependable, you know, smaller role players and things like that. But uh, I'm pretty cool. You know, it's a uh, it just falls into one of those weird, like hybrid moments kind of thing, you know? <laughs> so you meet people that you feel, you know, but never seen, if that makes sense. And, uh, and here we are. It's been a lot of fun, man. It's been a privilege working on this. I like one being a part of the wolf pack, the killer wolf <laughs> films pack. And two, just, You've assembled a really fun crew here, man. Everyone's about their job, but no one's no one's a hard ass either. Like we're all just trying to get your dream realized, man. And how does yeah, that feel? Yeah, it, it feels good. Uh, usually, with that though, they know everybody coming in. Uh, yeah, I'm very much an alpha. Uh, with things, so you, you don't have. There's no room for other hard asses because there's me, <laughs> kind of thing. And I think I'm mean, generally a good vibes kind of person. Uh, but even on this one, there, there's where. where California, especially like uh, wrestler Peter Avalon that, that, that lives out here in Burbank uh, around where we're shooting. And uh, he's real good vibes, California chill guy, kind of re exactly what I expected out of somebody like him and his attitude and personality, really, really chill, cool. Uh, me, I think I stay that way for the most part. I think I'm pretty zen with most things, but even even Len needs a moment where it's just like, even after the shoot yesterday, I'm like, I, I, I have to get away from everything and just go sit in a park somewhere and take some breathers for an hour, uh, you know? kind of thing i need to chill out i need to go get a, a, a stiff double whiskey or something and just chill for a minute and uh you know i, I last night was that night <laughs> kind of thing where this is uh you know uh in this one we had to do some gorilla things or some adjusting which i'm out here i'm real nervous about because at home i have a lot of resources that i can i can make something happen generally at the last second mm -hmm. but out here i can't because I don't have anybody, you know, I mean, I have Leo, but he's 93, so, you know. Right, right, right. It's, uh, you're out here, it's the first time in, what, five years you've been out here? Oh, no, I, I much longer than that. I think the last time I was out here would have been for, like, a Fangoria, like, big convention when they used to do those kinds of things uh or, or when i was more interested in attending those kinds of things and then they just became really stale and boring to me uh i don't know probably 2003 ish something like that would have been the last time i was out this way where uh what is involved in the shooting out here in California? Like, are these the last shots you had to get, or are these, is there still yeah. to do after today? No, no. Uh, uh, today's the last day of filming. Uh, basically, we did it this way because one, Leo's ninety three. Uh, two, everything else was shot in my area. Uh, without you know, any, everything without Leo was shot in my area. Uh, luckily, though, it's not something where, and I was really cognizant of this uh, with Leo's participation in this one. Is what I didn't want people to think about was uh, he's going to have a David Carradine uh, capital punishment kind of appearance, meaning in capital punishment, David Carradine sits behind a desk for two scenes. They shoot him behind a wheel of a truck and one, and then, and then his appearance <laughs> is over. Leo does not have that. He's consistently throughout this movie as a 93 year old man. He appears throughout the movie. He's, he's behind a computer, I think twice. Uh, then, then he, you know, he's blowing people up in alleyways. He's, he's doing things kind of stuff. So it's just not sitting, him sitting on a green screen. It's not him sitting on a, phone you know throughout his appearance you know he, he's got a, a variety of different scenes in this movie kind of thing so uh that's one thing i really wanted to make sure people would know uh you know i've got messages already saying is leo Fong healthy enough to do a movie and so i think he's pretty good he's 93 mm -hmm. uh, sharp mentally sharp as attack and stuff like that and uh 
yeah, I, I intentionally put him last ups because I knew uh, this would take the most coordination. Uh, you were there. We, we were on a legit uh, hospital set yesterday, which I, I was pretty happy about. Uh, with me, it's, you know, you're never going to get a scene, probably a, a whole scene 100% the way you either wrote it or envisioned it. So there is those tiny adjustments. Uh, at the same time with me, I, I find out in my scenes, I'm really looking to get shots that I really, really want within those scenes right. So if there's one thing, for example, uh, yesterday, evil nurse walks down a hallway and I wanted a track shot as she's walking down this hallway, walking right towards the camera as it pulls back and she follows it down, which is a really hard shot to get, uh, you know, without it, without a dolly track or whatever. But, uh, I think we did it. And that's a moment where I'm like, yes, I'm, I'm happy with this already kind of thing. If you get the, the one shot I really want, uh, I'm usually pretty cool with things. Has there been a shot on this set or even on the East coast where you're just like, why isn't this going right? What what are we doing wrong? Let's let's reworkshop this. Uh, actually, it would have been yesterday with the nursing one for sure. I, I think just because we wanted to do, we had wheelchairs accessible, so we could sit in the wheelchair with his uh, the steady rig there and just pull his camera back along, have somebody scoot him back in the wheelchair. And in theory, it would work. But the problem is where we're at. It's a it's a set, so you can't be too high with the, the, the framing and stuff because then you see uh, it's the Evil Dead 2 principle where you can see the guy eating lunch up in the in the rafters in a blooper and stuff like that. You could have totally seen that on this set. So, uh, you know, you see the top of that, you know, see that it's a movie set and not an actual like hospital, you know, with a ceiling and things like that. There is no ceiling. It's just beams and things. So, uh, you know, composing that and still getting the shot we won, um, you know, I think that was challenging. But uh, Stevens, our director of photographer, Steven Steinberg, uh, uh, Bacher, uh, thinks we got it. And uh, okay, great because i will be really 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 happy if that turns out the way i want in a best case scenario in a perfect world we wouldn't have had the COVID, and this movie would have already been done yeah in the can yeah what was the process into writing this movie i wrote this movie over two years ago now mm -hmm. uh, and it was a much different film uh the only people attached would have been leo uh john michael thor samurai cop matt hannon was involved in myself um and then the pandemic ha happened, so I basically shut down, you know, any kind of Indiegogo campaign or anything like that for it. So, I mean, obviously, we're, we weren't going to get it made. Um, then uh, the pandemic, uh, a lot of the restrictions start to end. Uh, and as it's coming, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to look at my script and this and that. And then Matt Hannon, you know, he thought Samurai Cop 3 would happen. And that's kind of his his thing. You know what I mean? If that happens, I understand you're going to drop out of mind to do your, your, your thing you're most known for kind of thing. So I understand all that stuff. And you know, he said he, he couldn't come out for it. And I said, okay, I understand. Uh, and some other things were going on that the Trump presidency thing, uh, he was a big Trump supporter and things like that. So the, there, there was a lot of just different things going on. Uh, and I thought, okay, it's cool because now it's far enough that I haven't launched any fundraising for it yet. I'm going to figure out what I can do. And that's when I thought about, you know, AEW was starting to become a more popular thing. It's not even, I mean, even you know, whatever, a year and a half ago or so, it's not even as popular as it is now. So it's really grown. Uh, so I thought, you know what, I'm going to try to get some who I feel are, you know, up and coming and growing in popularity wrestlers. So, you know, I contacted Peter Avalon, I contacted uh, Priscilla Zaniga or uh, Diamante, uh, if you will. And they were really, really uh, two of the best calls I made for this one. They were really, really cool. What can we look forward to today? Today, we are at a park like a serene looking park. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, yeah, we're, we're at a serene park where we have a conversation with Leo Fong and his, his granddaughter in the film. So we'll film that. Uh, you probably take about an hour to shoot it. So uh, 
We've got that, and then we've got a fight scene that's supposed to take place in a dojo. Uh, if we don't have the dojo available, which I think we do, but I, I'm just, you know, it, it's one of those moments, though, where I'm out in the middle of nowhere. If somebody flakes, I'm fucked because, right. you know, I don't have resources to make something happen like I do in, in Erie. I mean, if we were filming in Erie, I'm a master black belt instructor in real life, so we just go to the dojo and film kind of thing. But here I can't do that, and it, it sucks. But uh, yeah, we're supposed to do like a dojo fight scene uh, with Leo Fong, with Peter Avalon, uh, and myself, uh, and we'll see if that happens. If not, the fight scene will still happen. Uh, I've got a backup plan in mind already, so <laughs> we'll see what comes to fruition there. You're still in the middle of this project, but are, are you already working on your next project? Um, I had written a script during the pandemic uh, after Pact of Vengeance was already written, uh, the first draft uh, with Matt Hannon and things like that attached to the film uh, uh, called Demoniac. And it's kind of like a set in the world of live theater. So that obviously really interests me. Um, and it's kind of like a ghost demon kind of movie, something different than I haven't done before. So it won't be a martial art picture or an action picture. Um, and I, I don't want to say it's not an action picture because even with horror movies, if the plot's moving along and you've got some stuff happening, I'd still consider that kind of an action picture if it's moving along at a good pace with those kinds of elements and things. So, uh, you know, that's, I've got Demoniac, and I think after this, I want to go back and do like a lower-scaled you know, production kind of thing. I think I need to after this one that was more, you know, stressful, chaotic kind of thing. Uh, I'm going to scale it back and do something smaller and, and, and something, uh, you know, maybe not use too many name people or anything and just try to put something small together and, and, and see, see, see where my enjoyment really lies and all, all, all this kind of stuff. I think this is movie number 18. Is it? Oh, crazy. Um, how did you get into even doing movie number one? Uh, movie number one, I, I was an extra on somebody else's film called Zombie Geddon, uh, directed by Chris Watson, who I still talk to to this day. Uh, he was at a table at a convention when that was a, more of a thing uh, with uh, the late uh, Robert Zadar, who played Maniac Cop. He was in Tango and Cash, that kind of thing. And uh, Bob Zadar had told me, hey, Lane, what are you doing tonight? And I'm like, I don't know, sitting around drinking, watching ball game at the hotel or whatever. And he's like, do you want to be a zombie in my friend Chris here's movie? And uh, <laughs> you know, I said, okay, yeah, that sounds cool. So I got into zombie makeup and uh, me and my friend drove around Cleveland in zombie makeup to get to whatever unit, college, small college university radio station we were at. And it filmed in the side their radio station thing on the on the university there and uh, yeah that's that's how I got started and then I, I realized being on set seeing what Chris Watson was doing what cameras he was using what he was doing I thought hey I always wanted to do a movie but thought I couldn't do it but now this indie movement of things with these prosumer cameras like a Sony 2000 or a, you know a DVX at 100A or a you know a Canon a GL whatever now I think I can I can do this you know I can when I thought I needed to figure out how to get 500,000, I think I can do a movie for 10,000. And lo and behold, I wrote Swamp Zombies and off and running. <laughs> that was the start anyways. How long did it take to write Swamp Zombies? Oh, I wrote it at work on my shitty day job that I had. A lot of it I was just written on my lunch breaks and when I was bored at work. So I, the original Swamp Zombies, I I don't know, a few, few weeks. For any of those, anyone interested in making their first movie, what is the process of writing a script, a script, any script? Uh, with my script writing, I'd probably do it differently than most. Uh, and I've got some script writing friends that would probably tell you they do it differently. Me, I write an outline or, where I, or a skeletal outline, if you will, where I know what I want to have happen, scene to scene to scene to scene to scene to scene. I wrote, write that outline and then I go back and fill in the description and dialogue and stuff like that. 
Today is November 5th, 2021, and not to be a bummer, it's the uh, anniversary of my mentor, Roland Alexander from All Pro Wrestling. He passed away about five, six, seven years ago now. You got P.D. Avalon, you got Diamante. What is actually your favorite pro wrestling match? In a pro wrestling match? It, I can, it doesn't matter what initials, what letters of the alphabet. Uh, favorite match? I'd have to probably say going back 30 some years, and I, I might say Macho Man Randy Savage versus uh, Ricky Steamboat. Oh, yeah, WrestleMania 3. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. yeah. I, I think that might be my, my favorite. Yeah. Um, favorite promo? Uh, probably pretty easy for me. My top two promos in wrestling that I really like uh, the Hard Times promo, uh, Dusty, Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes. That's probably my favorite wrestling promo ever. Uh, you don't know what hard times are, Daddy. Hard times are when the textile workers around this country are out of work and got four or five kids and can't pay their wages, can't buy their food. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them go home. And hard times are when a man has worked at a job 30 years, 30 years. They give him a watch, kick him in the butt and say, hey, a computer took your place, daddy. That's hard times. That's hard times. And Ric Flair, you put hard times on this country by taking Dusty Rhodes out. That's hard time. And we all had hard times together. I admit I don't look like the athlete of the day supposed to look. My belly's just a little big. My hand is just a little big. But brother, I am bad and they know I'm bad. And there were two bad people. One was John Wayne and he's dead, brother. And the other one's right here. Nature Boy Ric Flair. The world's heavyweight title belongs to these people. I'm gonna reach out right now. I want you at home to know my hand is touching your hand for this gathering of the biggest body of people in this country, in this universe, all over the world now. Reach it out because the love that was given me and this time I will repay you now because I will be the next world's heavyweight champion on this hard time blues. Dusty Rhodes Tour 85 and Ric Flair Nature Boy. So yeah, I'll, I'll go with uh, the Hard Times promo is my favorite. Uh, the cream of the crop would probably be second from uh, Macho Man. So <laughs> that, that kind of stuff. But I was big into like WCW when that really boomed with the NWO and stuff. I thought that was a fun period uh, for wrestling, the Monday Night War kind of era. Uh, but now I get into it and AEW's kind of made me interested in wrestling again. And I think it's a fun, uh, they involve some fun uh, talent involved and stuff. So uh, I've been kind of mildly getting back into it here and there with AEW. AEW, to be honest, I, I got to go with, 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 with Lamas Dura. I, I do like Diamante. I think for a female, she cuts really good promos. I, I think, I hope they explore that more because I think in terms of somebody speaking in front of the camera and stuff and cutting things, she may be the best she has. I know people like Britt Baker and stuff like that. And I like Britt Baker too, but uh, I think in terms of cutting promos, I think Diamante might be the best they have uh, in, in the women's division. I like a lot of the the other stuff they got going on there. For a male wrestler, I, I don't know. There's so much. I, I, I like Pentel, Zero Mito. I like, I like, he, he might be my favorite male talent that they have. Uh, and what they do is kind of amazing. They're amazing athletes. Have you ever done any exhibitions with any of the, the pro wrestling promotions on the East Coast? Uh, I used to be many years ago, uh, 12 years ago probably. 
probably something like that. When uh, somebody doing my films, Brian Anthony, him and his brother would do uh, tag team stuff and they'd be at like NWA East in Pittsburgh or something like that. I, I would go as like a guest manager, you know, and we were heels, obviously. So I'd show up in my Killer Wolf Films t-shirt and be their manager. And, you know, maybe I went into the ring and super kicked the referee or something to help them win a match or something. And, you know, I'm not a wrestler, but they said, well, Len, if you get in and want to do something, what could you do? And I was like, well... You know, they want to get this kid in the in the other match. He's, him and his wife are having a baby, so we have to injure him. So do you want to come in and do? And I was like, well, I can I can flip over him and do like an arm bar and transition to an arm bar and break his arm, and he can go out holding his arm, and then then he's off wrestling for three months, so he can really you know in, enjoy his child and stuff like that. So you know, I've I've done like flip over arm bars. Obviously, super kick comes really nat- natural to me, being a, a master level of black belt. But uh, so I've super kicked a bunch of people before. <laughs> I think we got to get you super kicking some more people in the ring just to some exhibition just for some, <laughs> some good uh, promotion Len, if there's any more Indiegogo stuff, let's let's plug those now. Yeah, I think the best thing uh, going forward with Pact of Vengeance now, w- with the Indiegogo ending and stuff like that, uh, the best place to go is my Patreon. Uh, everybody there is going to see the movie before anybody else. Uh, I would anticipate hopefully getting it done in the, the late springtime kind of thing. Uh, but the first people that that'll see the film uh, Pact of Vengeance with Leo Fong, with John Micklethorpe, uh, Diamante, and Peter Avalon, it, it's going to be on my Patreon first. So that's Patreon.com/slash/KillerWolfFilms. It's only two bucks. There is a $5 level, but I only asked for 2 bucks. So, uh, you know, check it out there. It'll definitely be there. There's tons of behind-the-scenes photos and pictures of it, you know, as we go along. Uh, I cut my own podcasts as well and things where, where I talk about this kind of stuff. So uh, I think it's well worth your 2 bucks. Yeah, you did such a great job on uh, the Kick-Ass Movie Podcast promoting Best of the Best for December. <laughs> you mind giving that a, another run? We got that coming out December 29th, New Year's Eve week. Yeah, I love Best of the Best. And with it, I think... Uh, uh, it's, it still has that very 80s feel to it. And I think it was at the tail end of the 80s when that came out, maybe 89 maybe. But uh, uh, it's one of the martial art movies that does have like that kind of more of a humanitarian uh, component to it kind of thing where it's not just this macho martial art movie. It really feels like almost a real life. There, there's some things like that going on in it. And that's what I like about Best of the Best. But then then it reminds you with some goofy moments that it's still an 80s movie and stuff <laughs> like that. But yeah, I really like, I've always liked Best of the Best. It's got one of my favorite endings to a movie too. So uh, yeah, hopefully you tune in to uh, the Kick-Axe Movie Podcast for uh, see me and Kush talk about uh, Best of the Best. Yeah, I just watched that the other day before we came out here and still, still get chills up the neck, man. It's <laughs> time folks i do some other stuff around here check out microdose you're listening to the microdose check out sweet science cinema that's coming out november 26th new uh, thanksgiving week me and jameel hempel we're going to be talking about rocky four the ultimate director's cut that's going to be a badass movie man i'm looking forward to it 40 extra minutes no robot though we're going to see if all that makes any sense also check out the waffle box waffleboxpod.com me and friend of the family, Mike Fish. We talk about everything and nothing all at the same time. It's the best part of Wednesdays. Waffleboxpod.com. For Len Kabuzinski, I've been Kush Hayes. You've been you. Too sweet, baby.
from the Bosnet family. You know, maybe I went into the ring and super kicked the referee or something to help him win a match or something. 